1: Well, we have David Liggett with us here today, and we're going to be talking about something very new to me. And and uh, this is going to be kind of interesting because it's kind of, kind of merging two of my careers here. But David is the CEO of Data Center Hawk, and you can find more information about his company at datacenterhawk.com, but they also have a podcast. So take a look at that as well as they talk to... CXO-level experts and and professionals around data center and uh, where that type of industry is growing. But you're probably starting to wonder, why am I talking to somebody regarding data centers? Um, Well, David has kind of a unique investment strategy when it comes to data centers, because this is a commercial real estate investment play that uh, I didn't realize was even a niche. Um, So this is going to be kind of a really interesting conversation. So really appreciate your time, David. Thanks for being here.
2: You bet. And Jack, thank you for hosting and excited to get to share our thoughts on the data center industry and how it's growing. And uh, yeah, just really excited to be here. So let's
1: let's start things off. Like, how did you get into this, especially when it comes sure. to the real estate investing
2: part? Yeah, you bet. I, I got into the data center industry by accident. So back in 2007, uh, I joined a commercial real estate company called CBRE. So some people might have heard of uh, mm-hmm. that company, but if you haven't, it's a basically a global fortune. I think now it's a Fortune 200 uh, real estate company um, that you know serves. Clients all around the world, and so I live in Dallas, Texas. So I got on into the uh, the office here in Dallas and started working, uh, really on the off in the office market. So helping um, uh, companies find office space, and very quickly I joined a team that that their focus was on helping companies with their data center infrastructure needs. So if you think about uh, a company and their website and all of the the IT and the the technology that goes along with uh, with those operations, uh, it requires digital infrastructure. And that infrastructure is found in what's called the data center. So that's typically, uh, for for listeners that might not know, it's, it's a building that houses the servers that are typically in racks and cabinets for companies' IT systems. Uh, so we did all the work around helping companies think about where they should put their digital infrastructure. Some of the companies wanted to do it in their own buildings so they could control it. Some of them wanted it to actually lease that infrastructure. And then some of them wanted to put it in, in uh, the cloud, which... Uh, you know, is is a fancy word for basically just, you know, putting it into the the likes of buildings that are owned by Amazon or Microsoft or Google or someone like that. So I spent about eight years with CBRE helping companies think about that strategy from a commercial real estate perspective. Um, and so that's how I got into the space. And that was, like I said, back in 2007. Uh, it's, it is fortunately a very young industry. And so it's still, I feel like we're still seeing things in the space that we've never seen before. And it's, you know, now it's 2021. Sure. So,
1: you know, when I was looking at some of the numbers that uh, was sent over to me regarding this, you know, you talked about the uh, typical commercial real estate value is 30 to 40, 30 to $50 a square foot um, when it comes to as, as an investment. But this data center space can be much higher. Can you talk a little bit about yes. that and, and how you came about those type of
2: numbers? In yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great thing to to start with. So so basically if you you know, if you if you you're in the commercial real estate industry and you think about the industrial sector or the office sector, you know, you know if you think industrial, retail, office, you know, typically your values are going up based on the amount of money spent to and capital needed to to produce those types of of asset classes. When you get to the data center space, a lot of the money is spent around the equipment that it takes to actually run these data centers facilities. The these servers that are actually put in these cabinets that are stored in these buildings produce a lot of heat. And so, in order to have them the, the, the work correctly, the facilities need to be able to cool those facilities. So, you need just massive um, you know, electrical and mechanical systems needed to run these facilities. There are There is typically 10 times more power coming into a data center facility than there would be an office facility, sometimes even larger than that. And so, when you bring all of that infrastructure into one building... It takes the capital needed to produce a building like that up very high. And so um, so while the data center industry is a smaller niche, it's definitely a more capital intensive niche. And so we have seen uh, it be an industry where investors today are looking at uh, maybe more than they ever have before, given the growth of the space in general. And then certainly what the, what happened with the pandemic, uh, we've seen that data center industry and, and different markets actually grow even more.
1: Sure. That was going to actually lead leads me to that next question. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Are you finding more and more space available, uh, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, businesses are cl- obviously closing and, and a few other things. There's just more commercial property available right now.
2: Yeah, I'd say that on actually we've seen we've seen the opposite in as it relates to the data center space. So what what actually we saw in 2020 in the U.S. was one of the largest growth periods in the data center industry ever because things like working from home and companies, uh, you know, the ones I mentioned before, the Amazons, the Googles, the Microsofts, their footprint was growing because so many companies were utilizing their you know, the the business offerings, or even like the B2C offerings that are out there. And so when that took place, we saw a lot of those companies expand. And because of that, it actually um, took a lot of the data center either power and space that was on the market or sites that were going to be built or could be built in the future off the market because those companies expanded so you know depending on what market you're in uh, you know we see the the vacancy rates kind of rise and fall like you would in the the normal office market or industrial markets but i would say that you know right now there is you know typically uh not enough power and space on the market to meet the data center demand that we have seen so we have seen a lot of Uh, Data center operators, some some publicly traded REITs. There's about ten of them in the data center space, or privately owned operators that actually have a lot of capital that are actually buying sites in areas like Northern Virginia, Chicago, Dallas, Phoenix, Silicon Valley, Atlanta, and they're buying sites so that when the demand comes here in a year, two years, three years, they're in a position to capture it.
1: Sure. So, so are you pretty much building these facilities, or are you? retrofitting something something else yeah so else.
2: yeah so our business so if you go to datacenterhawk.com, our business is actually uh, i would say the 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 opposite what we do is we collect all of the data in the market we put it on our website and then our business model is a subscription based model so that people that need information about the space can actually subscribe to our site get it and then go invest into the space then go spend you know the, the, uh, the data center owners that, that we work with or work that use our site, I mean, they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars in markets all across the world. And so they'll use our data to help uh, make the best decision possible. So one of the interesting things about the data center space is up until we started our company, there was not an industry standard of like market data in the space. And that was back in 2014. So you had companies that were making these massive investments Without great data or or an unbiased data source that was helping provide information that would help them help shape the framework around those decisions, so that's why we started our business. So we actually provide data to the people that are building the market, that are buying the land in different markets, and we track all that information and put it into formats and subscribable products that make it easy for them to make the best decisions possible. So, what type of
1: data would? Uh... Somebody need to make this type of investment. What are you curating that uh, would be out of the norm compared to traditional commercial real estate?
2: Yeah, some of it is is similar. Which is, hey, how big is the market? You know, how much uh, of the market is vacant? You know, how much is under construction? How much is planned? That's one thing. But but the the main difference is in our space, we measure markets by power. So we're not looking at square footage. We're looking at how many megawatts of power is uh, you know is is uh, built in the market and then how much of that power is available because when a company goes to lease infrastructure from from a data center owner they're actually leasing the uh, ability to utilize that power in the facility uh, and so that's what the that's what the leases are actually structured on is that power uh, amount and not how much square footage they take that makes sense so so sometimes mm-hmm. the the traditional real estate investor might have a hard time going. Like, wait a minute, this isn't a per square foot game; it's a per megawatt game, and that's what we that's what we have seen. It now all of this, I would say, is existing in buildings. You know, so there certainly is a square footage amount around it, but the metric that makes everything move in our space is power. You know, how much power is there? How much power is available? And so the people that utilize, investors that utilize our data want to understand how big is the Dallas market versus the Chicago market or the Phoenix market. Um, so here's an interesting fact about the data center industry, but the biggest data center market in the world, and you probably know this because of your day job, but is in Northern Virginia. It's right outside of Washington, D.C. in a little area called Ashburn, um, Loudoun County. That is where the world's largest density of data centers are the biggest buyers, the biggest developments, that's where they sit. and it really started 20 plus years ago and has been growing ever since. but we track the data that helps people understand, hey should I be in this market or that market? should I spend 200 million dollars growing here or there? or if I'm going to invest in a real estate asset in Chicago, you know how big is it compared to its competition? how you know those are the type of things that our data helps people solve.
1: Outside of the uh, megawatts, then, how what other what other factors would be a good decider? To uh...
2: yeah, one one of the things we look at as well is power cost. So it's very important that if you are a larger data center user or some of the companies that I mentioned before, because their size of requirement is so large, they they will have a large power bill, as you can imagine. And typically, mm-hmm. they want to be in areas where power is. As you know, le- le- uh, less expensive as possible, and so you know they will they will work to be in um, those certain areas. Now, now I will say that sometimes the business requirement pushes them to be in markets where the power cost might be higher, but there is a, a reason, a strategic reason that they would want to do this. So, just understanding, hey, what's the difference in power costs between some of those markets that we mentioned before: Silicon Valley, Chicago, Phoenix, Dallas, Atlanta. Uh, That's an important thing to to figure out. Also pricing, the pricing in the data center industry is a little different. As I mentioned, you don't pay your your leases on a uh, per square foot basis. You pay them on a per KW per month basis. So you're just basically renting the infrastructure. And so understanding how that pricing works is really important because that's what's going to drive the leasing and the development that takes place uh, all across the U.S. and all across the world. So...
1: We can go into the weeds on this quite a bit. Um, so I'm, I'm going to point everybody to your website again, datacenterhawk.com for a lot of some of, some of the finer details regarding this. But uh, li- let's let's change the conversation just a little bit regarding like, the average Joe then, somebody who's looking to get into real estate investing and commercial real estate investing. How does your products or how can you help them get involved in this?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So first thing I would say is we actually put together an uh, eight-course blog and video series called, I think it's called what? Data Center Fundamentals. Fundamentals. That's what it's called. (laughs) Uh, So if you go on YouTube and you type in Data Center Hawk, one word, uh, you will come up to our basically YouTube page. And literally, we answer questions like, what is a data center? What is connectivity? What is cloud? What is the cloud? You know, what is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, why is location important related to data center? So you literally, you know, the the bad thing is you got to look at me for about 20 minutes each time. But the good thing is there's actually some really good information um, on these videos and blogs that we do. We also on our website, we, we, you can go to our blog and we're putting out consistent information on the market. So that's, that's one way I would say is a really good way to, and that's, that's free. Anyone can access it, go get it. We have a, 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 a product called Hawk Insight, which is every quarter we produce almost 40 market overviews in the US, Canada, Europe, and Asia. And the goal with those market overviews is to answer the questions that I just met or you know, the things that we just talked about. How's the market growing? What are the trends? Uh, who is doing what? What are the developments that are taking place? And our team is constantly in the market. We're constantly talking to Data center owners, investors, consultants, users about how they're growing, and then we aggregate all that data and put it in one place. So that's probably the best place if you're really wanting to to go into the next level. That's the spot to go. But if at a high level, if you just want to understand the space and the opportunity, uh, those blogs and those videos are great ways to do it.
1: So you 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 talked about the opportunity there, and I we touched on it briefly, but you know when we were comp- doing a comparison to the to the traditional commercial real estate investing what would typically be the per square foot return on a on on a data center real estate investment
2: well you know typically like we've seen just as a like rate of returns and we've seen those percentages it's funny when i started in like 2007 as i mentioned you know if the the real estate investments were probably receiving like uh, you know mid to high teen returns you know so if you think about the you know compared to you know your six to eight percent returns on maybe more traditional real estate asset classes you mm-hmm. know that back then was amazing we have seen those um those returns get compressed over the last 10 years for a number of reasons one right. it's a much more competitive space two the product the building is more efficient today than it was and some of that's been stripped out so you know we'll see returns anywhere from like the You know, eight to twelve percent range, based on you know what, depending on where the project is, and um, you know that typically is like what we will see on on investments that are being made in space. Um, And and I would say like, as the market changes, there'll probably be additional compression. But one thing about the data center space that's really interesting is literally since I got in it, since two thousand and seven, there's never really been a dip. Meaning, we've never had, you know, it's grown, and at times it's it's steadied off a little bit, but if I mean, if you just think about it, since two thousand and seven, what company has depended less on on technology, you know, than than before? You know, who as a consumer is doing less with technology today than they were doing, you know, with ten years ago? And and the answer is not many people. I mean, it's hard to find, uh, you know, when I think about the way personally I use technology, the way our company depends on technology, the way my family, you know, uses technology, it's just, that's growing. And so as that grows exponentially, it's really fueling this, not only the cloud growth that's out there today and, and you know, as, as those offerings make it easier for people to, you know, get servers online faster and, and all that stuff, but also just the, the personal usage of devices. So when you put all that together, it's really what's driving the need for this space and the continual investment by people in the commercial real estate market that are really trying to understand, hey, how can we get into a, a different asset class that might not be as uh, visible, uh, but as certainly as profitable? And the data center industry is that in my perspective.
1: Well, with the, with the pandemic, did you actually see an increase uh, during this time, this past year and a half or two years?
2: Yeah, we really did. You know, when... Uh, you know, if you think back to March of 2020, I think we all were a bit surprised and scratching our heads at what is the future going to look like? And even even as, you know, being in the data center space, you know, we were trying to understand, um, you know, th- there were heavy implications around these people not being able to come in and work in these buildings because these buildings are what are powering things like hospital records and financial, you know, bank access to bank accounts and all the things we use every day. So, um, One thing I think is really important that the data center industry showed was the resilience to learn how to operate facilities in the midst of this changing environment. The data center industry does not like change, meaning it's a very secure environment. From all the way from the security-like walls, all the way into where the server is, um, you want a known environment. You want to know what the temperature is. You want to know what's on the heart. You want to know who's in there. And so the pandemic really Challenge that, and and so for the data center industry, not only to stay online the way it did, but also grow and and position companies that found that their businesses were growing. I, mean, I you know, Amazon is probably the the best example of people went from utilizing Amazon in one way to utilizing it maybe in a, a different way or increasing you know the the online purchasing and things like that. If you just think about how we now use people in grocery stores to bring our groceries to us, all of that is happening on servers and online. And that boosted the need for digital infrastructure, which is going into you know a data center physical building, whether that's what we call co-location or cloud, and uh, and so because of that, and people working from home remotely, that that boosted network uh, needs for network. You know, when all that happened, it really increased what was taking place in the data center industry, not just here in the U.S., but in Europe and Asia, and so it was a and it still is. You know, it's a very um, I would say frenetic time for data center growth across the world.
1: Well, I've just run into quite a few companies that you know uh, they were forced into the situation where the where their employees are working from home. It was yep. something that they never really grappled with before, and uh, then you're and then after they've made that transition, now they're questioning why do we still even need an office space? So yep. you know they're just so there's going to be Quite a bit of commercial property that I would expect that would go uh, vacant and could maybe yeah, be repurposed.
2: Yeah, if you're, I mean, I think there's a couple things in that. Number one, if you're you're investing in the office market, you know, there there cert- it's a different day today than it was certainly two years ago, maybe even a year ago. You know, I think it's stronger today than it has been because some companies have. Come back to the office and and uh, and and believe that they will eventually. You know, there there certainly are some changes that will be made, but but you know, most organizations believe that that face to face in some way is is a good thing. So, um, but from a data center perspective, the one thing I'd say about that is, you know, not every vacant building or vacant land site is a good data center site because right. data center uh, uh, data centers are are. You know, really anchored by large amounts of power and large amounts of connectivity, fiber and network and those things needed. So when you find a site or a building smack dab in the middle of that, that's a highly valuable building because of what you can do with that. If, it's, if you have to bring that to it, there's capital involved with that. So if you're out there looking at vacant office buildings that have come back because of the pandemic, the two most important things would be how much power is close by. And how much connectivity is there? And if the answer is a lot in both, it's probably an interesting opportunity. If not, then you know that's a different conversation.
1: Yeah, it's just like I said. We could just keep going down the rabbit hole on some of this stuff. I, the the questions could be possibly endless. So, just to clarify, then exactly what your company does is it's it's a provides a subscription service for those individuals who are looking to invest in this type of Niche and uh, to provide them the that that information to make that informed decision.
2: You bet. We found that this was an industry that would continue to grow, was highly capital intensive, and when those two things are put together, you know, information to help people build an a framework, whether that's around investing or or owning or um, helping companies figure out what their decision needs to be, we found that that information was really valuable, and we wanted to be the best. At, and we wanted to try to be the best at getting that data and putting it into formats for our customers to use. So that's what we've done over the last seven years. We have worked our tails off to provide a platform that allows people to do that. So, as you mentioned, datacenterhawk.com, people can go. There's a a trial available that you can get on there and take a look around. There's even a search tool that I would uh, compare to like a Zillow for data centers where you can actually see a map, search a, a physical market see where the data centers are, pull up a profile, all of that information is on our website. And then the design is to help people make the best decision possible.
1: So based on what you know then regarding, you're probably sourcing quite a few different REITs and, and a few other organizations that provide this type of investment. Uh, do you typically find that they'd have to be sophisticated investors or can anybody get involved?
2: Um, I would say that before I would get involved, I would educate yourself, you know, and I think I think once you spend time learning about the space, you would figure out if it's something you want to be involved in. It's different than the the office market, industrial market, retail market. I mean, there's different dynamics. Um, it's because it's highly capital intensive. typically, the people that are getting involved you know, are on the upper, uh, are on like the higher side of the investment scale where they're, they're investing more capital. I mean, certainly you can invest into these companies that are publicly traded. That's one side of it. But if you're looking to invest in the real estate asset side of things, um, you know, you got to have, in my opinion, your head screwed on straight and really understand what those dynamics are. Um, and so we found that to be a smaller group, um, but it's one that I'm telling you people are winning in this space. I mean it is a fascinating area to invest in, and it's one that we don't see going away anytime soon and we have the data to show show that you know the last seven to ten years of this market, we've only seen it grow so while we know there will be uh things that come up here and there, uh we're also pretty confident in the the digital infrastructure growth and and that directly is is found in the data center industry,
1: sure. Well, you know, uh, we only have the last uh, five minutes here. Uh, but before I let you go, I just I want to make sure that everybody has your contact information. Again, uh, datacenterhawk.com. Uh, take advantage of that free trial and, and take a look at it. See if this is something that you'd be interested in. Especially check out the Data Center Fundamentals on uh, their YouTube channel. I mean, there's got to be a, a lot of great information there. Just scrolling through your website uh, I think this could be a rabbit hole for anybody just there's so much information out here that uh, it's it's great to see
2: yeah we're we're excited to you know help continue to provide information in the space. So like you said, I mean the, the best way to do that is go to our site are um, We are producing like weekly podcasts and discussions with industry leaders talking about trends so as you get deeper into that, um, you know there's there's additional data that you can or information that you can watch and and consume that can help build that framework. but but I would just say this as you know, as we close, I would just say, you know the people that um, are in this space, that are invested in this space um, are are winning and 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 I, I don't just mean that by like a you know, the financial opportunities that are in the market. I, I mean that too by, the career opportunities, and the way this market is is changing. This is a dynamic industry. It's global. Um, and there's really no end in sight to how big it can get because of the way we as humans are depending on digital infrastructure. So it's a fascinating market to be in. We're thankful that we're here and we're really excited about the future.
1: Well, I really appreciate your time today. And, and, but before I let you go, I always end with one question, but I have a feeling you've already answered that with that last statement is, uh, I know we covered a lot of ground today, but is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today?
2: Uh, you know, I think the, the question that you probably should have asked me is how will the Dallas Cowboys fare in the 2021, 22 season? Uh, and I would probably and be because more because I'm in
1: uh, because of the location I'm at. I would never ask that question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I figured. I know. No, I'm a big sports. I'm a big sports fan. Uh, but no, I, I feel like we had a great discussion. You know, I think your background, obviously, and what you do during the day is uh, certainly positioned you well for this discussion. But um, no, thanks for the time. It's been really fun.
1: Yeah, it was great chatting with you. I hope you can ch- come back again sometime. I would love to chat a little bit more in detail and go down the, the avenue and go into a little bit more detail on a couple things. Uh, this is it. It these type of uh, you know I keep calling it a niche, but I mean frankly that's what it is. There's all of these very profitable niches that if somebody focuses it on on it. Uh, the returns. We, you and I started our conversation off saying, talking about focus. If you focus on certain things, it's a, ama- it's, it's amazing, the results. And uh, this is something in particular that sounds like it could be a good fit for a lot of people.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's just a lot of it is just kind of understanding it, building that you know informational framework, and then. Taking the next steps. And, you know, like I said, the people that that get in and and do that, uh, I have found that they've been really successful.
1: So, well, thank you again. This has been a great conversation, and I hope you come back sometime.
2: You bet. Thanks, Jack.
0: This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes, and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com rei Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.